0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Thank you, thank you. Wow, it's great to be in church. Thank God for the rain, but thank God for the presence of God in our midst. And some of you are aware that uh, next Saturday our daughter Rachel and uh, Matt Ironside are getting married. So uh, that's been an exciting adventure. Rachel's very excited that my face is healed up so the The photos will look a bit better than what they were going to a couple of weeks ago after my uh, bicycle accident. And uh, we just pray for God's blessing uh, on them for next uh, Saturday afternoon. So Andrew is Matt's uncle. So that's why he's coming up from Sydney. And so we thought we'd get him to come and sing and minister. He's going to bring his big harp and worship and uh, you'll have a great time uh, with uh, his ministry. It's so good to be in the house of God. Why don't we pray and just open our hearts for the word of God. Father, I thank you that you love us. You teach us, you equip us, you protect us, you empower us, and you take us on this journey of life, Lord, through the pain, through the struggles, through the joyful times, and I thank you today that your word would live in our hearts, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give someone a high five and let's take our seats. Great to see you in church. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Tim always gives a very high five when I say that, He's, he just about reaches the ceiling. <laughs> wow, it's school holiday time and so some of our folks are away on holidays, others are visiting here and uh, it's great to be in the presence of God. For those who weren't here last Sunday and you're wondering what this slings about, um, three weeks ago tomorrow I was uh, doing my exercise on my bike and had ridden for an hour and then I got hit by a vehicle, had the sun in his eyes and he just didn't see me so I ended up flying through the air and landing on my uh, shoulder blade which was smashed in three places and four broken ribs and a lot of skin off and lots of bruises but I'm really thankful it could have been so much worse there was no head injuries no internal injuries no leg injuries just a painful journey of trying to sleep at night when you're lying on broken ribs if anyone's done that you know how painful it is Um, but God's grace is there with us and while I was a few days after, I thought, Lord, what's this about? Because I've lived a very healthy life. I was on crutches last year with a torn Achilles from uh, playing a charity cricket match against Transformations. Here I am trying to get fit and I get knocked off my bike. And I, thought, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, don't waste your pain. I thought, wow, don't waste your pain. So I've actually put a sermon. I started it last week, and this is part two today, of don't waste your pain. And I realized... We go through so many situations in life. It's something I rarely preach on because I'm a positive, faith-filled person. And in our Western culture, we have such a success, faith-filled focus on life that we don't talk about pain or suffering or persecution much. But when I start to open the Bible, there are hundreds, probably thousands of verses on pain and suffering and persecution. And we refuse to preach on them or we rarely touch on them because we love a Uh, A positive, youthful, healthy, miracle, breakthrough lifestyle. And God's come to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And we've sung about He's the God of miracles. And so often He brings healing and breakthrough and blessing. But we live in a broken world. We live with a very active enemy and we have wounds and brokenness in our heart. And so we end up with more pain and suffering than probably we should have. But we need to know how to navigate that. And if God doesn't answer the prayer and, and, uh, and heal us immediately, guess what? We probably walk through some pain. And uh, I want to pick it up where I uh, spoke last week in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three young guys get thrown into the fiery furnace, and they make this amazing statement of faith. They said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is a powerful faith statement. Our God is able to deliver us. That's what we preach. He's our healer, restorer, uh, the breakthrough. But even if he doesn't do it, The way and the timing we think He should, we're still going to trust God. We're not going to get offended or upset at God. We're not going to bow down to the pressures of this world. I call that mature faith. I call it faith for the ideal and faith for the real. Faith for the ideal that God can and will heal and break through and restore. Faith for the real that sometimes it doesn't always happen when and how we think it should. And other people do dumb stuff to us, and we get wounded and healed, um, broken. And sometimes we get knocked off cars. Stuff happens in life beyond what we can handle without God's help. So, how do we navigate the place of pain and suffering, and persecution? We live in such a blessed country. We don't understand what persecution's like. I've been to countries where the pastor's been in prison for years, sometimes decades. I met one pastor. He'd been in prison for 21 years for for preaching the gospel. He'd been beaten and the, his bones were all out of shape. And yet he still had such a spirit of faith and trust in God. And I'm there ministering to them. This is in Vietnam years ago. And they said, we want you to pray and prophesy. And I felt so humble. I said, no, I'd rather them pray for me. they got a lot more faith than I have. They said, no, no, you need to pray for them. And it was a humbling experience. And we live in such a blessed country. And thank God for it. But we all go through some personal pain and disappointment. We need to know how to deal with it. Allow God to turn the pain of your past into the strength of your future. And I'm going to read some verses today because the Word of God will let it do its work today in our heart. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. The writer of James is saying, well, it's it's okay when you do go through some trials. Doesn't mean you haven't got good enough faith. Sometimes as Christians, we subtly think, well, God's angry at me. If I'm going through a difficult trial or God must be angry, he's judging me. Or maybe I haven't got enough faith. Or maybe I just haven't prayed right. i just got to get the formula right. And did I say it back to the front? And that's why God didn't hear me. We get into all these crazy faith gymnastics and thinking processes. When God's not like that, He's a loving Father and He's here to heal and restore us. But He also sometimes uses all the things in our life, including the pain and the disappointments, to grow His nature and to use us to touch other people's lives. Some things I've learned from God with regards to pain as I've looked through the Scriptures God never abandons us, even when we can't sense His presence. Our faith and character develop most powerfully in times of adversity. You notice you pray more diligently when one of the kids is really sick, or there's financial stress, or you're facing pain. You pray diligently and say, God, help me. Help me. Change me. God sometimes delivers us from the pain, but most often He delivers us through the pain. Remember, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We want to avoid those difficult times. When we trust God in difficult times, our stumbling blocks become our stepping stones of growth. How true is that? Some of us have lived long enough to know the very things we've struggled with the most sometimes become our greatest testimony and the place of greatest impact in other people's lives. When we face our deepest fears, our faith grows because we find God to be faithful. When doubts cloud our minds, it's time to re- refocus on God's grace, greatness, and wisdom. We may not like the path God has chosen for us, but we need to humbly accept pain as part of His plan. How does how do, what should should our attitude towards pain be? Number one, we need to ex- not deny it, but s- realize that sometimes it will happen. Jo- John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, "I have told you these things that in me you may have peace." In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So why do we get surprised when some setbacks happen? Jesus said, it will happen, but be a good cheer, I'm going to help make a way through. And that's hard when you've got long-term physical illnesses, or you've got children with disabilities, or you've got some things that just don't get sorted out the way we want it to, but God's greater and He wants to walk with us through it. Secondly, um, we may have to endure it. 1 Timothy 4.5 says to uh, endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. We don't like that testing. But sometimes that's what makes us strong. Some of the best timber in the world for making furniture it's not trees that grow on these nice plains. They are trees that grow on the sides of cliffs that have the biggest storms because they have to get strong, and that is some of the best timber in the world. Some of the most powerful Christians I know have been through some adversity, but they've come through trusting God, and then they're not twisted and gnarled and angry and offended and blaming God and everyone else for why they've had a tough life. It's a choice, and God's there to help us in the journey. We must realize that not all are delivered. Hebrews 11 says that some of the people didn't find their breakthroughs, but the next generation did. Sometimes God will use you to be the doorway for the next generation. We must be patient in it. Romans twelve twelve. Be faithful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Wow, patient in affliction. That is a real gift of God. I find most people, when I'm in pain, you've got to wrestle because that's when you're the least patient. You're, you're, you're irritated. You're annoyed. You can't do. I can't do a whole pile of things. I've got to help. wait for Marilyn to help put my socks and shoes on right now. I can't do it. I can't drive. So I've got to wait for someone to pick me up and drop me off at things. I can get irritated at that or I can say, God, give me grace and let me keep a right spirit and thank God for everyone who stepped up to help me in the journey. And Marilyn has to step up and do that every day. And thank you for that because it's... Remember the marriage vows, in sickness and in health. Oh man, I know some couples don't put that in anymore. As long as I feel like I love you, that's how they say it. I'm thinking, what? In sickness and in health, for richer or poorer. I heard one marriage celebrant. He was doing that, and uh, uh, in sickness and health, and he said, "Will you agree?" He says, "Yes, no, no, yes, yes, no." <laughs> we're a bit like that with God. Hey, when things are going on, oh, this is awesome. God, what are you doing? This doesn't fit into the, what I think the Christian life should be. But God in His grace can use things and we can be patient. And the Bible says we can even rejoice in it. In Romans 5, it says, verse 3, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Oh, God, how can you glory in your sufferings, we must overcome it. Revelation 2.10 says, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Wow. The Bible also says, don't get overly discouraged when you are in pain. That's hard because you just can't go and do what you want to do like we're getting ready for the wedding, we had the bridal shower yesterday, I'd love to be out there mowing the grass and doing stuff, but I couldn't do it. So the Transformation guys came in and did it this week, and they had great joy in doing it and making it look great. I said, well, I've just got to sit back and thank them for helping. So sometimes if you're a, a, a doing person, it takes real patience to sit back and let other people help you. And sometimes God does His work of grace in our hearts. We must not become discouraged. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says... But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that it's all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Wow. Wow. Paul, he, he was left for dead so many times for preaching the gospel. But he refused to blame God, and he says, Lord, I'm going to trust you even through the suffering and the pain. Wow, that's maturity of faith. that some of us Aussie Christians, we just don't quite understand. That's why I love to go to India every couple of years, because it just keeps me in touch with the reality of some of these Bible colleges. They go out and get stoned, not not on drugs. They get stones thrown at them while they're preaching the gospel and trying to plant a church. They come back bruised and battered, and they go out again next weekend. And I'll tell you what, a year in Bible college there, if you survive, you have got a strong faith. And I thought, wow, we have it so easy. And I go there every couple of years just to keep my feet grounded so my Western Christianity has another level of reality to it. Because otherwise we just live in this success orientated world when God says, hey, I want you to be real every area of your life. We sometimes complain against it. Even the great apostle Paul, I've just been reading about, listen to what he, one day he got upset with God. Second Corinthians twelve seven. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, he had a revelation of heaven. They, they say he was caught up into the third heaven and had a revelation of Jesus and amazing stuff. So, so he wouldn't become conceited and proud. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, theologians have wrestled for a long time. What on earth does that mean? We don't know for sure whether it was a physical ailment. Most likely, it was the persecution from the religious Jews that followed him every town he went to. We don't really know. But he was saying, God, can't you take this away? It's life so hard because of all this torment. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. Boy, he only did three. So must must have done a lot more than three, eh? Probably 300 or 3,000. God, why doesn't this get sorted? Why don't you heal my child? Why do I have to have these aches and pains every day? Three times. I plead the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Wow. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, we could sit and meditate on that one for a while. That is a really deep scripture. And I don't pretend to fully understand that scripture, but the Apostle Paul was portraying a great truth here. That God's with us, whether we're in the valley or on the mountaintop. He's with us whether we're wrestling a battle alone or we've got plenty of friends around us. He's with us whether we understand what's happening or don't. And Paul came to a point where he says, there are times where I actually enjoy it when it's tough because then I know Jesus is going to shine through even greater. Because the temptation we become self-reliant and self-sufficient. But when you are in pain or wrestling through some long-term challenges of hardship, often that's when you trust God to a whole nother level. It's not like God's being mean or hard. He's a loving Father. Just like as any parent here, at times, will train their children... And won't give them all the lollies and everything and toys that they want, you've got to train them to grow and develop some discipline, some hardship, some challenge. No pain, no gain. How awesome has been the Paralympics? I just get blown away by some of those men and women and some of the disabilities they have, and there's hardly any parts of their body function right. I love the uh, wheelchair rugby. You watch them? <laughs> they are maniacs. <laughs> in their wheelchairs, they get tipped up. I'm thinking, you guys are crazy. And some of the feats they're doing and achieving, I thought, wow, I wonder how much pain and hardship and disappointment they've had to press through to get to the Olympics. I thought, wow, I just am overwhelmed when they interview them and and they talk so positively. But then every now and then you'll hear the honesty of, of the suffering and the pain and the pressure they've gone through or or the family members and and all that they've had to do to support them or the coaches. I think, wow, wow. And we can do this with God's grace and help. Often we're able-bodied and don't have major disabilities, but God's grace is there. So Paul got to a point, he says, there are times when I even thank God for the suffering and the difficulties. Well, that's a place of maturity and grace and faith that some of us wrestle and struggle to get to. We start to get really angry. We start pleading with God. We start getting upset at others that are blocking our way or doing this and that. And I thought, wow, Lord, help us to trust you and change me in the middle. Change me into your image. How does God relate to pain? He's in control. Romans 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, what a great verse. No matter what comes against you, you don't have to be separated from God's love and presence and power. He walks with us every step of the way. Secondly, God causes good to triumph regardless of what you go through. There's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans eight twenty-eight. And we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? When you're in pain or setback or hardship, do you really believe that God's working for good in all that's going on? Doesn't mean he's caused it. Doesn't mean it's all from him. But do you really believe when the pain's on, when the setbacks and the pressure and persecution, do you really believe that God can work good in all of it? That's the place of maturity he wants us to become, because as you do, the enemy then can't, he can't stop you because you know that God's turning all things together for good. In uh, Revelation, it says, They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. In other words, they had died to themselves in God and they were willing to walk through any and every situation. Boy, you become a dangerous person when that's how you live. How awesome is our God that He's there helping us and working with us and leading us. He's a refuge for believers. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's a great verse to have. He's there with you in the trouble. Listen to this beautiful promise from Isaiah 53.3. three. It It says he shares our pain. Jesus shares our pain. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. It says he was a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Wow. Jesus went through betrayal. He went through untold persecution. He watched the people around him suffer. On the cross, he took on all of our sin and shame and pain. And oh, he took it all. So don't ever listen to the lie of the enemy that you are on your own in whatever you're walking through. Jesus understands. Here's another beautiful promise in Isaiah forty three two, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. He walks with us through our pain and disappointment. Whatever it is, physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, God's with us and He walks with us. We need to know that this is the truth and remind ourselves when our minds are trying to sort it out. How awesome was Shadrach, Meshach, and Aminio? They were bound up, thrown into the fiery furnace, and it says, "Not even the hairs on their head were singed." That's a miracle. You and I have done enough barbecues and, and campfires to know it doesn't take much to get your hair singed from getting a bit close or throwing a bit too much fuel on the fire or whatever. It says there, there was no smell of smoke. The only thing that was burnt were the ropes that they'd been tied up with. I think, wow, when. When you let God's fire work in your life, He'll just burn off the rubbish that binds you and He'll bring freedom and protection over your lives. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. Wow. Don't ask God to take you out of the place. Ask Him to take you through it. And you, the quicker you learn, the quicker you come out the other side. The more we struggle struggle and strive and, God, I don't understand why this is not fair. I've learned the quicker. I surrender and say, God, take me through, teach me, show me. Often you come out the other side freer and quicker. Here's a beautiful thought. He comforts us. Oh, the Holy Spirit is our Comforter. Second Corinthians one four, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. How beautiful is that. So no matter what you're going through, the comforter is with you, and he fills you so you can comfort others. That is a beautiful truth. There have been times where you just feel this comfort. I remember the other uh, week when I was in hospital, I spent 24 hours in hospital after this accident because they were checking to see, make sure there was no other serious injuries. And about three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I was in a lot of pain, but I woke up with no pain for a few moments and I felt his presence just so real. I thought, oh, that's awesome. I say, oh, this would be awesome if I'm healed and I wake up a few hours later and there's no pain, but I woke a few hours later and I had pain again. It was almost like a glimpse of his comfort came as I lay in that bed. And there are times when you go through suffering and pain where God will just show up and just touch you with hope and peace and love, and you trust him to another level. One more amazing truth when Jesus comes back, all pain's going to go. Oh, what an awesome day this is going to be. Look at Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wow, But some of us, have cried a few bucketfuls of tears, eh? There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. Hallelujah. But the old order of things has passed away. Wow. Hey, it's worth going through a few challenges now to get to that day where there will be no more pain. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for that. So the struggles we go through now are very temporary when you start to look at it eternally. And that's what the Apostle Paul got a handle on. He could see eternally into heaven and the struggles he went through now he was able to handle with God's grace so just as we wrap it up today how should you help others that are in pain you might be going great I never had a lot of pain in my life I had a reasonably happy household I grew up in not perfect had a few skeletons in the closet but that's okay I haven't had a lot of physical pain I hadn't broken any bones until I was 40 Three weeks ago when I spent, that was my first night I've ever spent in hospital apart from when I was born. I haven't had a lot of pain. I've been reasonably healthy. But I went through, a torn Achilles tendon last year and on crutches for eight weeks and then these broken bones and pain, I thought, wow, Lord, what's this all about? He says, don't waste your pain. But what happens, you get more, you get more um, compassion for those that are going through it. I'd never had, much depression or negativity in my life but i remember about 25 years ago for one week and i don't really know what happened i went through a week of depression that just swamped my world and i was so despairing i can't even put in words why it happened and how it happened and but it was almost like, and then i came out of it and i said lord what on earth was that all about so you'd been under some stress and stuff happened but he said i want you to understand how Broken and painful it is, and how dark it is for people who live with depression. Oh, wow. Wow. How should we help people in pain? We should pray for them. James 5 says, Is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Anyone happy? Let them sing songs. If anyone is among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray and anoint with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Wow, the Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Secondly, we need to comfort one another. Second Corinthians six says, If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. Don't waste your pain. If God allows you to go through a season of difficulty or physical or emotional or psychological pain, or you have someone in your household or close by who goes through a difficult time, don't waste it. Say, God, I believe you're my healer. I believe you're going to take me through this. And Lord, help me to grow and learn everything I can in this season of life. Don't be counting then the days till it's over saying, Lord, change me in the journey because I want to know you deeper. That's what the Apostle Paul prayed. We should share their burdens. Galatians 6, to carry each other's burdens. This way, fulfill the law of Christ. We should encourage one another and build them up and we should give them help. Isaiah 58, 7 says, is it not to share your food with the hungry?" To provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from their own flesh and blood. And 1 John 3:17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love, not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. As the worship team comes, I just want to read one more great para- prayer of Paul's that challenges me every time I read it. It's one of those passages I sort of like to skip over. You got any of those in the Bible? You just sort of think, oh, I'm not going to read that. That's too hard. Listen to this one. Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. Paul, did you really have to put that phrase in there? It was going so great. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow. Let's put our books down and let's just stand for a moment in His presence. I want you to take a moment of a message like this is a challenging message but it's also full of life. I heard one of the interviewers it was one of the coaches or of one of the um, Paralympics sharing and they said approximately one in five Australians at any given time are going through a major crisis or a long-term disability or illness or pain. 20% of our population are walking through that at any given time. I thought, Lord, help us to know how to live well through those challenging seasons and how to help people that are walking through them. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.